Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So for today's episode, we're going to throw a little bit of a curveball your way. We're going to switch things up. If you've been following along, you know that we've been covering the story of Moses and where, as an infant, he narrowly escaped being thrown into the Nile River by the Pharaoh's guards, and then later on he grew up and and was out in the desert with his sheep and saw the magical burning bush, and God spoke to him and told him that he was chosen to pull the lead the the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt and everything and and the part that we're about to get into is is amazing and fantastic and the kind of the cornerstone of a couple of different <laughs> religions and uh, you know I mean with Passover and and just everything that happened is, is a huge deal for a lot of different reasons and I can't wait to talk about it <laughs> but we're not gonna do it today we're not we're not going down that road and here's why Here's here's what's going on. I'll, I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna lay it down for you guys. Uh, so if you follow us on Instagram, I posted up a picture of me pouring myself a a bottle of Manischewitz kosher for Passover wine that I was super excited to have. I haven't had Manischewitz wine since I was probably like 16 years old or so, and I thought with the story of the plagues and parting of the Red Sea. And everything that we're going to get into with Moses, I thought, you know, it would be really, it would just, you know, hit the nail on the head to, to have, have Manischewitz wine as the drink. And I was excited. I haven't had Manischewitz wine since I was like, I think like 16 or something like that. It's been a long time. In fact, <laughs> last time I remember drinking it, I was, we were, we were having a Passover Seder with my buddy Nate and uh, <laughs> all of our parents were there. And, and to be very honest, he and I weren't really there 100% for the religious aspect of it. Uh, we were more there because of the promise that there were four glasses of wine to be had during the Seder, uh, during the ceremony, and at a time when we were in high school and could not easily go out and purchase alcohol for ourselves, it was a little bit of a treat. So we're about, I don't know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the Seder, like three glasses of wine in. And I remember his mom looking over, kind of, uh, maybe we're getting a little too rowdy, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little too loud, and she was kind of like, you guys need to chill a little bit, you know, uh, you're three glasses of wine in, you're not used to this, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of a stink eye from across the room. And as she's doing this, you know, telling us to behave, so when you do a Passover Seder, you have what's called a Haggadah, which is uh, Hebrew for the telling, which sounds like a M. Night Shyamalan movie. But it's, uh, it, it goes to the whole story of Moses and everything and, and it gives you the prayers and all that kind of stuff. So, right, you have this Haggadah, these, these papers, you know, that they give you the outline. And while she's looking over and kind of yelling at us to, <laughs> to, get, to act right, she doesn't notice that the Haggadah in her hand got a little too close to the mood lighting candle that was on the table and the Haggadah goes up in flames uh and smoke coming out and everything and she doesn't even know what's happening and everyone's around her like you know they get like wide-eyed and like they start trying to throw water on it and she has like no idea she like her, her her head is like turned away from it and it's just like like yeah like you're looking at us like you're you're telling us to act right and you almost burnt the whole the whole house down the whole passover seder Anyway, uh, that was an irrelevant story, but that was the last time that I really remember having Manischewitz wine. So I, I bought this in preparation for the episode, was really excited for it, and I started drinking it in preparation for the show, and quickly 
realized, I guess, why I haven't had it again since I was 16. Uh, here on this show, a lot of times I'll drink stuff, and even if I'm not like a super big fan, I'll try to say something positive about it. I gotta be honest, I I got I don't like it. I don't I don't I don't like this. <laughs> it's uh. It's not, it's not good, man. It's, uh, especially like compared to like the $3 Aldi's wine that we had previously or other budget things on here. Uh, Manish of its wine is definitely a budget wine. It is not expensive and it's, it's not, it's not great. It tastes like grape juice, which I love grape juice. It's in my top three favorite juices. I mean, it's like orange juice is number one, grape juice is second, cranberry juice is number three for those keeping track at home. And, uh, so I love grape juice, but it's like, it's grape juice, tastes like mixed with like rubbing alcohol, and then just like added a bunch of extra sugar to try and sweeten the whole thing up. So I'll tell you, like, so I was drinking it, and I drank about half the bottle in preparation for the episode, and I felt so miserable. Uh, like just like, and I often, obviously, all the time when I do the show, I drink or whatever. This was a whole different type of just. I don't know if it was a sugar content or what it was, but I felt like crap, and I like I got like a headache. I've had a headache for two days, uh, for a day and a half, whatever, since last night, and just like I feel lethargic. Like I don't, I don't know, something about it was not great, and just put me out of the groove altogether so because i'm not feeling 100 percent, and it's not like a hangover or whatever i only drink like half of it but i don't know man i just not a big fan of kosher for passover manischewitz wine uh to be frank because i'm not in the 100 percent, right i still feel a little a little messed up about it i've i've gone back to my regular just uh, bourbon that i have on hand so don't worry about what i'm actually drinking but it's something i've you know jim beam Whatever we've had it on the show before, no big deal. Uh, I'm back to my normal stuff there, trying to trying to get back to my normal groove, but I still feel kind of garbage. So I'm not going to talk about the one of the biggest stories of the Bible with Moses and everything. And we're gonna switch gears, and I'm gonna throw another thing at you. So we decided to talk about something completely different, and it just so happens that my birthday is coming up. So I figured, why not do an episode about birthdays in the Bible? If you don't know, it is not all fun and games. <laughs> it is not. There's there's no really great good things happening stuff in the Bible as far as birthdays go. So it doesn't talk a whole lot about about birthdays. When it does talk about it, it's it's bad. So see, the celebration of birthdays isn't something that's historically like much worried about in the biblical narrative. Uh, birthdays are actually more of a pagan idea. So there's only like really three times in the Bible that they even really talk about or mention birthdays. First one is briefly mentioned, not even even directly, indirectly, but uh, we can take it from context, uh, but it's mentioned in Job, the book of Job, which we haven't done yet on the show, and we're, it's coming up soon, but uh, so no spoilers, but only to say that the Job's children, and Job was like one of the most righteous men on the planet at the time that he was alive, and it says that Job's children, they seem to celebrate their birthdays, and him, him being a holy man would not partake in those birthday celebrations, but instead would offer sacrifices to God the day after they had birthday parties, just in case his kids got a little too rowdy during the revelries and accidentally sinned against God. So nothing particularly bad is mentioned, just the fact that the parties might give way to someone sinning or someone doing something bad. So, so that's, that's birthday reference number one. 
Number two, if you remember me talking about the story of Joseph where he was in prison, while in prison he meets both the Pharaoh's uh, like butler and the Pharaoh's head baker, and both of those guys had super weird dreams and didn't know what they meant, and, but luckily Joseph could interpret the dreams. And so the butler, cupbearer, whatever guy, tells him his dream about having the Pharaoh's wine cup and squishing some grapes and giving the cup you know, back to the king and all that. And Joseph is like, oh, in a few days you're going to get your old job back, you know, all your old 401k benefits and everything, and you'll be good. And then the baker was like, oh, like, what about my dream? Like, I, this is what happened in my dream. I had a basket of bread on my head, and the birds came, and they ate bread out of the top one. Like, am I, am I getting my job back too? Like, you know, like like fully reinstated with all my stock options and all that and joseph is like nah fam like pharaoh's gonna behead you he's gonna cut your head off for fun and that beheading it specifically states was the pharaoh's birthday and i don't know what type of weirdo birthday traditions these people had to be beheading people for fun and amusement but that's clearly what it seems like is happening like I, I don't know, like, like a pinata isn't enough for you to like beat a paper mache animal. You got to actually behead a human being kind of, kind of messed up. But anyway, so like the third spot, this is the, the, this is the bulk of what we're going to talk about for the episode. The third spot in the Bible that talks about birthdays is in the New Testament. And it actually has almost the exact same story in both Mark, I think it's chapter six and Matthew 14. So and I think it's a little bit in Luke as well. So the story takes place near the first kind of big spike in Jesus's ministry. It's right before the whole feeding of the multitude and all that. And anyway, so he's got his disciples and he, like, he's ramping up, uh, <laughs> moving and shaking with the ministry and really starting to get some traction as far as spreading the word. And, and he's just making a bunch of enemies everywhere, right? You know, when you're, when you're doing good, you're going to have haters. And that's just kind of a timestamp of where, where we're at on the story because what we're talking about today isn't even about Jesus. It's about John the Baptist. Now, before Jesus's ministry really started to go viral, John had been going around kind of paving the way for Jesus to come. Uh, John the Baptist was the precursor for Jesus. And then so King Herod, and which, okay, let's open this can of worms. Uh, <laughs> bear with me on this. So remember when Jesus was born? and there was the baby in the manger and everything and then the wise men followed the star because of the prophecy that it signaled it would be the birth of the king of the jews and they mistakenly went to the king about it to inquire about the newborn baby or whatever and the king gets all butthurt because he was like i'm the king of the jews what are you talking about and the wise men are like oh like stepped in at that time like like you right our bad mr king forgot we was here dog like we're gonna roll out and then they went and secretly found baby jesus and everything but the king wasn't having it, it was like how dare some baby be born and fulfill a prophecy to be king of the jews i'm the king of the jews i i won't stand for it not happening so he makes like a, a proclamation or whatever tells all of the, his guards in the city to go ahead and kill all the babies all the baby boys i think um specifically all the baby boys to be killed in the city and just yeah <laughs> like that that guy was herod the great right so we're starting with him and back when jesus was born and herod the great had several kids and it's all extremely confusing because i guess they were so he was so narcissistic that he wanted to name like everyone in his family herod like like <laughs> there's like 47 people with the name herod there's uh herod archelius 
Herod Antipas, Herod Philip, possibly Herod Philip II. It's confusing. Uh, whatever. They don't matter. What comes into play is a female, and her name is, get this, Herodias. <laughs> and, and so stay focused. Herod the Great. So, and then he's got, uh, I can't remember what the lineage was, um, but there's Herodias. And then he makes her marry her half-uncle, one of his sons, Herod II, okay? And so Herodias and Herod II have a daughter uh, who's the only one to get away from the whole Herod naming scheme. Uh, her name is Salome. So, so we've got Herodias and Herod II and their daughter Salome. And then as things go along, Herod II lost his spot in line to the throne. And Herod, Herod the Great took him out of the will and was like, screw that guy. He's a, he's a crappy son. Like, he's not getting the throne when I die. And then Herod the Great died. <laughs> so, so Herod the Second gets put, taken out of the will. Herod the Great dies. And then Herodias was like, like shit, like, you're not, you're not going to be king? Like, screw this. And she divorces poor Herod the Second, and then takes her daughter Salome and they go move in and get married to Herod the Second's half-brother Herod Antipas. <laughs> Antipas? I don't know. So this this Herod is the Herod from this story and also for the kind of the rest of any Herod that's mentioned pretty much for the rest of the New Testament is this Herod. Herod Antipas married to uh, his half-brothers, divorced wife, ex-wife or whatever, um, Her Herodias. But he's the Herod that is part of when Jesus gets crucified and all that kind of stuff. And it goes before, you know, it bounces between, like, Pilate um, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so so Herod, just for future reference, whenever you hear me say Herod for a lot of the other stories, it's going to be this guy. So <laughs> now that we're caught up on that, uh, just wanted you to know the background. So John the Baptist was out here doing his thing and telling people about God and stuff. And he finds out about... Her Herodias is divorcing and marrying her husband's half-brother and he thought it was kind of a fucked up thing to do <laughs> he didn't agree with it and he made sure to tell Herodias that and she did not like being told what to do and she was all like you don't know me <laughs> how dare you and she wanted to kill him but her new husband, this new Herod, and I'm just going to call him regular Herod from here on out, he didn't want to outright kill John because he didn't really have a problem with John. Like, it was a little hurtful that he said, you know, mean things about his new wife and everything and, and how they should be, be together. But other than that, he didn't really think it was a great idea to murder him and make him a martyr for Jesus' new ministry and all that kind of stuff. So he doesn't want to kill him. And he tries to, like, settle his wife down. And he puts him in jail just to, like, a kind of consolation prize. Like, we're not going to kill him. We're just going to keep him in jail, which also keeps him protected from her a little bit. Like, because she doesn't go into the jail, so she can't kill him herself. I don't know. So John the Baptist is in jail. And Herod thinks he's doing, like, a nice thing because he doesn't actually want to kill him. But his wife wants him dead. So then fast forward a little bit. And now it's Herod's birthday and he has a big party and his best friends are there and there's powerful political people and all this and like all the a-list celebrities are there and his stepdaughter salome is there and she performs a beautiful dance for him and everyone is watching it and herod loves it and he's probably more than a little drunk at this point for his birthday and and she gets done with the dance and he's like oh like 
Salome, that was beautiful. You're such a great dancer. And I guess, you know, back then they didn't have Netflix or anything to watch. And so it wasn't, the dance like really stuck out as something cool to see, I guess. So made a big impression. He's like, it's so great. Your dance was so great. Ask me for whatever you want in the kingdom and I'll give it to you. Up to half, up to half of the kingdom is yours. Your dance was that good. Just ask for what you want. And Salome is like, oh, I don't know. Let me, let me think about it. And she's like, hmm. Uh, and she's like, she goes out and she, and hair just goes back to drinking or whatever. And, and so she runs out and she's like, Hey mom, like he wants to give me whatever I want. What should I ask for? You got any ideas? And, and her mom, Herodias, this fucked up bitch. She tells her daughter, like he said, anything, tell him, go back in there and tell him that you want John the Baptist's head on a silver platter. And, and the daughter, (laughs) Salome was like, I mean... I kind of wanted a pony or a new BMW, but yeah, okay. John the Baptist had on a platter. I don't currently have one of those. Yeah, all right. Sounds like a great idea. So she runs back into her new stepdad, whatever, Herod, and is like, I know what I want. And he's like, oh, yes, the beautiful dancer, my stepdaughter, has returned. What do you want? Ask anything. And she's like, what I want, what I really, really want, what I really, really want, what I, what I really want is the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter pretty please <laughs> and, and Herod is like oh damn like didn't didn't see that coming uh, you sure you don't want just a BMW <laughs> like we can make that easy and Herod is distraught but he doesn't know you know what he made a promise a promise is a promise no matter who gets killed so he sends word to his guards in the prison where John the Baptist was locked up and they behead him and they grab a silver platter and they put his head on the silver platter and I imagine there's like like when you order like room service, like a really fancy hotel, which I've never actually done. I don't think uh, I just I've seen it in the movies, but they come in and it's all like got the silver like covering, and it's like here is your lobster dinner or whatever. Like that's like that. Like they walk in and like ta da, and they open it up, and it's just the severed head of John the Baptist on the silver platter, and they deliver it up, and it's the birthday party, and everyone, I guess, I don't know, do they clap? I don't, I don't know if it's an exciting thing or whatever, but. Salome's happy about it and she takes the platter and she runs back to her mom and is like we got it we did it or whatever and that's the story of how John the Baptist was beheaded for a birthday party uh, not a happy story I know, I know and that's that's pretty much the ending of it uh, I think there might be some run-ins with her later but that's that's about the end of it it's that's sorry there's not a great finale to that but that's kind of why in some like the jehovah's witnesses religion and a couple other spots where people have decided that the celebration of birthdays is not good and nothing good comes from it people tend to die and sin and whatever on these birthdays and it's pagan and and to stay away from it and i'm not telling you what to do of course i don't you know whatever just i don't know giving you some background information of what the bible says about birthdays so anyway that's our show <laughs> uh happy birthday to anybody who's who's coming up and then of course happy birthday to me um i'll just say that uh, but that's our show 
thank you for listening i hope you had fun as much as you could about beheadings and stuff but if you could do us a big favor we're trying to increase the visibility of our facebook page so if you have a second if you'd please find us on there you should be able to search for it or whatever just you know getting biblical We'd re- and, and you know give us that like and everything we'd really appreciate it we want to put some more content out there and link all the stuff up and put up pictures and do stuff and memes maybe i don't know uh, so just if you could do that we'd really appreciate it but that's um that's all that we have for today i hope you have a fantastic week cheers <laughs>